When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. What is up? Welcome to another episode of Talking Pitching. We're joined today by arguably one of the swollest pitchers in the MLB right now, if not the pitcher with the best mane of hair, when he's not absolutely crushing deadlifts or polar bear plunging. He's donating lunches to the doctors at Johns Hopkins. You can find him on Twitter at Asher Wojo or on Instagram at Asher underscore Wojo, a starting pitcher for the Baltimore Orioles, Asher Wojciechowski. Asher, thanks so much for joining us, man. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. So, uh, so the first question, uh, so how, what is it like for you, um, with COVID-19 and quarantine and everything? What is your routine like and uh, how are you getting by with us? Um, yeah, so it hasn't, you know, obviously this whole process and everything has, has not been fun, but, um, under the circumstances, like where I live and, um, having a, a garage gym to train in, I, I really haven't made like missed much, um, work, I would say. Um, I've been able to train in my garage. I've been able to long toss and throw bullpens uh, and do all my running. Um, and then it's just been different. Just not like living in Charleston, South Carolina, we have great food and great restaurants. So like not being able to, to go eat, um, downtown or anything, but, uh, for the most part being at home, it, it it's kind of just feels like a, a a normal off season for me. Cause mm-hmm. uh, most off season, I just hang out at home and, and do my own cooking and, and train in my garage. Um, I'd say the biggest difference is I usually go to the Citadel, um, to do my training. Um, it's about 10 minutes away, but instead I, I just walk outside to, to my garage now. Yeah, I, I gotta say, guys like Michael Lorenzen or Derek Dietrich get a lot of coverage for for being, you know, jacked. You're right there with them, man. I don't think people realize this about you. I saw a video of you doing a deadlift. How much were you, it was on Instagram? How much were you deadlifting in that video? Uh, I think that was like four forty or something like that. But <laughs> oh my lord! <laughs> no, I mean, I used to play football, and like, I would say, yeah, I, I'm, I'm. I'd say I'm strong for for baseball wise, but when I look at football players lift and and see the numbers they put up, I'm I'm, I'm nowhere close to that. So um, it's something I, I've always loved to do. It's something that um, really changed my game, uh, and I saw I started seeing big results uh, when I got to college and I got on a good good strength program, and I saw my velocity go up, and I saw um, my body adapting, um, to it and it, and how it just helped out my, my, uh, my game. So it's, it's something that I've always just built my entire program around and, and how I perform is, is based on my training. Well, one, one of the best performances uh, in recent memory that you've had is one that Nick and I actually talk about frequently. I It was one of those performances that I remember where I was when it happened. <laughs> I remember watching it on my phone, driving home from the Columbia Mall with my mother. 21st of July, you dominated 
the Boston Red Sox, seven and a third innings pitch, 10 Ks, two walks, one hit, no one runs. You were hitless through six, 23 whiffs. We're going to talk plenty later on about your, your, your repertoire and the new pitches that you're working on. But for that start in particular, was that one that stuck with you? Did you feel something click there or that was just another day on the bump? Oh, no, that was definitely a special day. Um, that the whole week leading up to that game, um, it was insane, like really, really hot in Baltimore that week. I mean, it was like heat index of 105. Um, I think that day the heat index was maybe 108. Wow. Um, it was so my whole focus was on hydration and trying just to prepare for that heat because it was a day game. Um, so I was going to be a one o'clock game. Um, it was, it was going to be really hot. So the whole time I was preparing on, uh, just eating right. Um, and, and getting my fluids. I got an IV, uh, the night before, Hmm. uh, just to be safe. Um, and so that was mostly my focus. And then when I went out and started warming up, I, I I realized how, how good I felt. And then when I saw the swings, um, that I was getting in the first inning, um, and, and how sharp my, my slider was, was biting that day. I, I kind of figured it was going to be, be a good day. And then, um, before I knew it, yeah, I was in the eighth inning and and had a shutout going. So, um, yeah, it was definitely one of those days where where everything everything was clicking. Uh, body felt great, arm felt great. I was locating my pitches, and uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely a special day. So yeah, let's let's talk a bit about your repertoire that obviously showed up in a big way uh, in that start. Uh, so you have a pair of secondary offerings that find the zone often and miss bats with your cutter cutter featuring a fantastic seventeen percent swing strike rate last year to go with an impressive forty plus zone rate. Normally we see a lower zone rate with that kind of swing strike rate. So that means just a lot of uh, fantastic strikes. Same thing going with your slider too. A lot in the zone and days like that against the Red Sox. I mean, it just wows us the way that it moves off the plate. Uh, so how did you learn each pitch? Obviously, the cutter is a little bit uh, newer, and I feel like the slider you've had for a longer period of time. But you know, what was the formation of those like? Um, so the the slider was a pitch. That was a grip that I was taught when I was like 15 years old, when I was getting pitching lessons in high school. Um, and it's just a, a grip that I was comfortable with. And as I got older... Um, it just was a pitch that I could always go to and it, and it was my, my go-to pitch, especially in college. And then the cutter, I messed around with a cutter back in like 2011, like a, a year after I got drafted by the Blue Jays cause they wanted to be throwing a cutter, but I didn't really like it then. And then I messed, messed with it again in 2015 with the Astros and it was a good pitch, but I felt like I, I was going to it too much and not going to my best pitch, which is my slider. Mm-hmm. And then um, last year when I was with the Indians in AAA and in spring training, they told me like, hey, we really like the difference between your fastball and your slider. We think a pitch in between those two would be a great equalizer um, so that then you just – they can't eliminate – fastball or slider you you have a pitch that that kind of tunnels in between those two um that you can throw behind it when you're behind in the count to get weak contact or um to get you back into the into the count and so 
I, I was mess, messing around with the grip, moving the ball around, seeing what felt good, started, started throwing it at the end of spring last year, liked it, and carried it into the season, and it, it turned out to be a really good pitch for me. But, yeah, and then also with my, my cutter and my slider, you could, you could technically call my cutter a slider, and you could call my slider a curve. Right. Um, it's really depending on, I guess, the day and then what you technically want to call them. So, because honestly, both both those pitches are kind of in between. Like my cutter could be, it's in between a cutter and a slider, and my slider is a slurve. So it's really whatever you want to call them. Yeah, I'll be completely honest. Like I've been saying, no, that is a that's a cutter and a curve. Because they look to me like it's uh, you know, distinguished, like a big break on that slider that you throw, and then then the cutter, like the slider, kind of just has more of that tight break, and it, nothing really looked to me like a slider. But then we actually uh, we saw that I think you personally call it a cutter and a slider, uh, so it's kind of interesting to hear yeah. um, where you're at with that. So I, I I understand completely from it because in your head as you're throwing too, that is a major part of it. Like, is this a slider? Because if you're throwing a curveball, then you actually do have a different uh, arm path and and release a little bit, thinking also, like, where's my wrist positioning, everything like that. So if you're thinking of it as a slider, then that's a slider all the way through. So I 100% now, cutter, slider, mm-hmm. that's not going away forever. Never a curveball again. <laughs> yeah, we, we literally already reached out to the people at Baseball yeah. Savant to tell them <laughs> to change it. So it literally is going to be changed on Baseball Savant to make sure it's correct now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there there are like a lot of questions I have about because it really, it's, it's a really fantastic pitch and, um, and to see again, that high of a zone rate and that high of a swing strike rate on that cutter, uh, is not typical. And to have an elite pitch like that is, is really exciting. Um, and so we have some questions just about, uh, both the slider and cutter and that cutter, of course. So in August last year, we saw that cutter jump, uh, usage jump about nine points from about 16 to 25%. Was this a conscious decision on your part? Was it something saying, look, it's going really well. I'm just going to keep throwing that. I, I was getting great results with it. Um, I really wasn't looking at the percentages of how much I was throwing it. It's more just, I would let it, let the game come to me. Um, and also whatever, um, Chance or Sevy were, were were putting down and and reading reading my stuff as well. Um, yeah, just kind of. I, I really wasn't looking at the at the percentages of how much I was throwing it. Um, I do know that like I'm I'm really successful when I'm when I'm throwing probably I don't know fifty one to fifty five percent fastballs, and then my sliders in like the 35% range or so. Um, but I mean, I really don't, I don't look at the numbers or, and I'm, or I'm out there thinking, Oh, I need to throw 22% cutters here. Right, um, right. I'm out there. If I throw a good, if, if I throw a good down and away glove side fastball to a right hander, um, I'm most likely going to follow that up with a good cutter in the same tone and get that to break outside of there. Um, it, it, it's all, it all has to do with sequencing and, and what I'm trying to do the, to the batter. And I, I don't like to, I don't like to think when I'm out there, I, I, I like mm-hmm. to, to feel, and I like to just be in the moment and, and let it come to me. Uh, so when it comes to percentages, I'm really, yeah, I'm not out there thinking. 
Nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's the ideal, right? You just kind of want to trust your muscle memory, trust exactly what the catcher is putting down. Like Chris Sale often says that he never shakes off a catcher. Whatever he's doing, great, awesome, go for it. And he doesn't want to be in that moment in his own headspace there, which makes perfect sense. Uh, so, I mean, a little bit to that, um, between your slider and your cutter, I think you've actually talked a little bit about changing the shape of them um, a little bit. I how do you do that? And in what situations do you find yourself changing those shapes? Like what kind of situations would you lean towards a bigger, slower slider or a harder one? Um, yeah. So when it comes to, let's just go with the cutter first. When it comes to the cutter, if it's a left-handed batter, I'm thinking early in the count, I, I want it to be uh, more of a cut action. Um, so moving right to left do into the left-hander um, early in the count to get like, you know, early contact of like a jam job, um, something like that, um, just to miss a barrel. Um, and then if it's later in the count to a left-hander, I'm probably going to get uh, with the cutter. I want to get more on top of it and just have a little bit more, more depth um, for, for a swing and miss um, going for a strikeout. Um, and then, what my thought process there is just pretty much wrist position um, with with the cutter. I'm going to be a little bit more tilted up um, on release, and then when I when I get, get more depth, I just want to feel getting over over the baseball a little bit more. Um, it's the same grip um, for for both those pitches, but it's literally just feeling my my fingers get over the ball rather than to stay under it a little a little bit longer um and then with the slider um it's it's kind of more of the same um if you want more sweep i'll get on the side of it um that's a little dangerous sometimes because if i get on the side of it too much it'll pop out and right. then just spin right. middle um but if and then and, and then if i want more depth which most of the time that's what I want. I I'm, I'm actually thinking throw this like a curveball, mm. like get on mm. top of it. I want to, like the action I want to see is is it go straight down. Um, so that's my thought process there. Um, when I when I look at like the edutronics um, or anything like um, it gives me a good visual of like what I'm thinking and what I what I think I'm feeling, and then I can go back and look at a slow motion camera and 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 have a be able to look at it and then visualize what it's truly doing out of my hand. Mm-hmm. So there were, you know, man, I, I love hearing you talk about your repertoire. It's it's really it's really great to hear. Um, there were reports coming out of this most recent spring training um, that you were looking to develop a split change. Um, is that true, or was that all speculation? And if so, how is that coming along? Yeah. Um, so all off season, I was working on working on a split. Um, and just because I've always tinkered with a, with a change up my whole career, um, I've been able to, I've had, especially in triple a, I've, I've had good games with it. Um, but it just hasn't been consistent enough. And then last year I just, I got hurt too many times throwing a change up. Um, it just, the, the speed difference wasn't, wasn't, wasn't there. It was too straight. Um, so I really wanted to develop something that that just had good hard downward action so and Doug Brokill he threw a really good splitter when he played 
Um, and then I was, I was in the dugout, I think it was early September last year and I was messing around with grips and then I, I was just holding the ball in my hand and then I, I found it, found a grip that was pretty comfortable. And then I, I started, uh, started throwing it and to see how I liked it. And then I, I liked the action that I was getting in the bullpen, uh, but I still hadn't thrown it in the game. And then so I worked it. I worked on it more in the off season. And then this spring I was, I was trying to throw it uh, to hitters. Um, and so it's still, I was only, I only threw probably six splits the, the whole spring training in the, the limited innings that I threw. Um, I threw more on IPPs and on the backfields. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's just a pitch that I'm going to have to continue to throw to live hitters to see if I like it or not because right now I'll throw one that I think I, I like and then I'll throw a, one that I don't like at all and it's just trying to get it consistent and then um, seeing how hitters react to it. So it's a work in progress. Well, it's it's really exciting to hear because I mean, as someone who, who's you know watched a good amount of your games and knows your repertoire, you're you're very good uh, at dotting the top of the zone with fastballs when you need to, especially with that game against the Red Sox. And then that slider and cutter are both so effective at falling away from righties. Um, so to have that, to hear that you're developing that splitter, that that gets me really excited to know it just unlocks a new part of the zone for you. Um, following up on that, I, I know, you know, I read an interview that said you like to backdoor the slurve to lefties early on before leaning on that kind of cutter slider hybrid. I imagine, you know, in an ideal world, if the split, uh, if the splitter starts to, you know, get to where you want it, that might change for you a little bit. Um, I would say it's more, I need, I need to throw it more before I start, um, thinking about how I attack hitters. Mm -hmm. Um, Like this training, I I was throwing it in my lobby piece of my bullpen, but I wasn't throwing my slider. I didn't feel like my slider was getting, like I wasn't getting a good feel for my slider. So I was like, all right, well, I know this is the the split is my fourth pitch that I'm, that I have. I need to get, get my like top three pitches going first. So at kind of like the two week, a week before we all got shut down, I was like, all right, I'm going to start getting my pitches going. And so I really just started focusing on my slider and my cutter again, because those are my, my go-to. So I'm not really thinking about attacking hitters with my split yet. I, I, I need more reps with it. Um, Right. Yeah. To be, yeah, to be honest with y'all. Um, I think it, it'll be a great weapon um, it, when I get it, when I get it to where I want it. Um, mm-hmm. And, and yeah, it'll be, you know, a, another pitch to, to attack guys with. So it'll definitely um, be something that I use. Um, it, it also, how it tunnels off my fastball or how it tunnels off, um, you know, my cutter or my slider would be on, I'll, I'll have to choose how I use it. That so cool. I uh, so so last year um, again. I mean, we were all really excited, essentially, to you know to see you kind of have your little mini breakout of like, hey, I'm someone that can strike out a lot of guys. I can be effective like on a given day. I mean, it's been I uh, you know we've been following your path obviously for a while. It's hard to forget your name once you hear it once. 
And uh, so to see that, it got us really excited. And I remember actually in September um, reading something, I believe, where you mentioned that you felt that you were running a little bit out of gas, maybe it was something out of fuel by September, because this had been really your your longest season. Uh, so can you speak a little bit more to that? Are you doing things to, do you feel that coming into this year, I mean, obviously a short season now, but nevertheless, back in uh, the start of March, were you feeling like, okay, I've, I've implemented more things to make it so that I could last through a full 180 inning season? Yeah, I, um, yeah, just, just to speak on, you know, kind of feeling fatigue at the end of last year. Yeah, that, that was the most I pitched since 2013. Wow. Um, uh, just with, with the, with the career that I've had, um, of being a starter in AAA, getting called up, sometimes being in the bullpen, getting sent down, um, missing starts because of that. Um, and then getting FA, get, um, just that whole process, um, you know, I, I hadn't built up a lot of innings and, or been on a consistent starters rotation. Um, yeah, really since, you know, 2013, um, I'd thrown, you know, over a hundred innings each year, but you know, that was about it. And then right. when I was getting into August, in August last year, I was at like, you know, in, 40 innings on the year. And that was the most I had thrown in a, in a really long time. So um, I definitely was feeling uh, the fatigue of, of not doing that on a consistent yearly basis. And so I think that's part of that was for me to go through that for one, to know how it felt physically when you're going through that on, on how to prepare when you are going through fatigue and then how to how to prepare for that mentally as well because like mentally I, I was getting getting drained because I felt all right physically but when the, when I was going to throw or when I was going to to lift or anything like it just it it wasn't there like it mm-hmm. I, 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 so it, it, it was it was new waters for me um, as far as like having to navigate that but I, I feel like having going through that I'm more prepared. Um, for this next season. Um, I mean, obviously this year we're going to be on a certain season. Um, so what I'm doing right now is, is I'm throwing every day, except for Sundays. Um, I'm throwing two bullpens, uh, week. I'm throwing bullpens on Tuesdays and, and Fridays. Uh, so I threw a bullpen today. It was like a 30-pitch bullpen, also a longer bullpen, and, and some simulated innings on Friday. Um, just really trying to stay sharp. But I'm also trying to save bullets at the, at the same time um, and not, like, overexert myself. Um, I'm really just working on my mechanics, working on delivery, um, uh, getting a good feel for my pitches, um, and trying to stay – close to where I need to be, but understanding that you can't ever emulate pitching against a big league hitter and you're going to need that G when you get there. Um, and when that adrenaline kicks in, uh, you can't emulate that. And you're going to, you're going to feel a different the next day, as opposed to throwing in a bullpen 
in, in Charleston, South Carolina. So um, all that to say, I think what I went last year prepared me um, for this year because um, I had to go through that because I hadn't really gone through that in my career. Hmm. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, I can't even imagine. I mean, and we only have one or two more questions for you, and we appreciate you taking the time to, to talk with us today. Um, hearkening back to what you just said about moving up and down, moving between organizations, you know, no, not knowing when you were going to get the call or not. How have you dealt with that mentally over the years? I mean, that 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 must be anxiety inducing to some extent you know nick and i feel the mental game is something that's not discussed enough you know we just watch pitchers and think oh they're always going to have a great day they're superstars they're athletes but that has to take some form of mental toll how do you deal with that first off i think my wife has been um amazing through my whole career um we started dating when i was in college she's been through everything with me. Um, and so having, she is, she's just a, she's a huge motivator. She pushes me. Uh, she, she understands how hard I work and, and she gets just as disappointed when things don't work out. But having her in my corner and having just my family in my corner and just great. So, um, really kind of, fuels me and it helps me keep going. Um, and then also, um, side of the game, like a lot of, you see a lot of teams who have, uh, mental skills coaches now and, um, people who you can talk to. And I, I used to think when I was younger, I was like, well, I don't need to do that. I, I'm, I'm mentally strong. I went to the Citadel. I've been a lot. Um, I don't, I don't need to, to speak with people. But once I, once I started talking to mental skills coaches and, and, and learning how to train my brain and how to prepare and how to focus and, and, and clear my mind, um, I, I, that's, that was probably 2017. And that's when I started to see a real change hmm. in my game and, and how I went about my business um, and how I, and how I prepared each day and how I trained each day. Um, that's all, that all starts uh, mentally. Um, I mean, you can have, I've, I've played with so many guys who have amazing tools, um, but they don't have it upstairs and, and you see them, see them fizzle out of the game just because it gets in their head. They don't, they don't have, um, they don't have the, the, the donation. They don't have, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for fortitude. The, uh, yeah. Yeah. To persevere or, or anything like that. Um, yeah. I think mental and baseball is so mental and like, that's something you have to learn to work on. Like you can't just lean on your, on your physical um, athleticism or anything like that. You have to train your mind. You have like, I hate reading books, but my wife like makes me read like optimism books, stuff like that. Like learn, <laughs> learning to be optimistic uh, about things and not pessimistic about things. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's something that 
I mean, that's true. <laughs> as a kid, I hated reading books. I, I would, I, I'd much rather go outside and throw a baseball. I did not read books. Um, but you know, I have actually sat down and read, read some, some mental skill books, some how to learn how to be optimistic, um, some leadership books. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a huge key in, in, in being successful. So I, so one more question here. We like to ask this a lot because I love hearing about, you know, the things that stick with us in our journeys. And I, every, every pitcher has this, obviously you guys have incredible memories, but what would you say is the most memorable single pitch that you've ever thrown? That's a good question. Um, I mean, one that just comes to my to my head right now, just because y'all. I mean, y'all tweeted it out, but is that? I mean, the Red Sox game. I threw Mookie Betts some really sliders, <laughs> and when I when I uh, when I envision my slider, that's what I think. Like I, I go back to that clip in my head, and I'm like, all right, I want this slider to look this um, because yeah, I threw him really good sliders that day. And if you go back and watch the other two games I pitched against him, I didn't throw him good sliders and he hit like a double and single off of, off me. So, um, but yeah, I would say, yeah, that, that game against the Red Sox, I mean, that was probably the sharpest my stuff has been consistently in in one game. Um, So I do go back and I look at that highlight a lot because like when I envision my when I envision like my game plan of what I want to do to hitters, I mean that's pretty much the game um, where I did that. So I go back and I look at that. On another note, a note um, that I thought that kind of sticks with me is I threw Mike Trout a really good cutter in like a like a one two count, like a two two count, and it was probably three inches off the plate, exactly where I wanted it, down and away. Um, I had thrown him a, a fastball, same tunnel right before that, and threw him the perfect slider, and he for a double um, <laughs> over the left fielder's head. And, <laughs> oh so man, <laughs> that, that pitch! Oh, that I really remember that pitch because I was like, man, I threw a perfect pitch that I thought was great, um, and, and he hit it for a double. So that one kind of sticks with me too. I mean, as as a pitching fan, I hate him, but as a baseball fan, I love him. I mean, yeah. it's <laughs> he's something else. Yeah, he is something else. And, and just to let you know, Asher, we probably watch those sliders to Mookie Betts just as much as you watch those sliders without to Mookie a doubt. Betts because they were absolutely gorgeous that day. They were gorgeous that day. Um, but yeah. yeah, I. Uh, I don't even think you you know this too. I didn't bring this up, but I am a diehard Orioles fan. So I am very excited to watch you work this upcoming season. Uh, very excited to see what happens with that split change. Uh, and we, we really wish you the best of luck with whatever happens this year. Well, I appreciate it, guys. And yeah, thanks so much. We, uh, we can't wait to get back out there. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that it's soon. Um. You know, I do believe we are going to have baseball this year. Uh, it's just, uh, it's definitely watching these Korean teams uh, play with no fans. It's pretty weird, but uh, um, it was nice to couch 
today or in the last night in the middle of the night and uh and watch some baseball so uh we uh definitely can't wait back out there uh yeah uh looking forward to did you stay up did you stay up till 2 a.m no i uh i watched uh there was another game on replay that was on at like three o'clock today yeah it was like the samsung lions Against mm-hmm. the uh, NC Dinos, some yeah, somebody. that's it. But, yeah, uh, it was uh, <laughs> Drew Rusinski. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, so I was watching. I was watching some of that. It was kind of it was fun to watch, like the broadcasters who are they're broadcasting this game from their house, and then <laughs> they're having to like wait for e- wait for each other to talk, and you know, it it, it was funny to watch, but. Um, it's it was so great to watch some baseball. Yeah, definitely without a doubt. But anyway, really, Asher, thank you so much for taking the time with us today. We're excited to, I don't know, to see inside your mind. I mean, we we obviously were just so our interest was so peaked just by seeing what you did last year. I mean, you can't really wait to see uh, it's to do it again this year in 2020. Yeah, we can't wait either. <laughs> All right, take care, Asher. Thanks again.